As I was saying, thank you so much for your, for your support. We really do appreciate how faithful y'all have been over the years as a supporting church. And that means a lot to us because it gives us something uh, that we can count on. You know, we need, we need people who are beside us and committed the same way that we need to be committed. So I thank y'all for that. So uh, I want to talk to you today about what good news are you bringing? Is the news good? Do you really believe it? And are you bringing it? Those are questions I want to talk about. And it's interesting that I'm talking about that today because tomorrow, 4th of July, uh, we celebrate Independence Day and we, we celebrate the writing of the Declaration of Independence. Great words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed with certain rights by their Creator. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What a great message that was at the time. A great message. Jesus made a declaration, a greater declaration, a declaration of greater freedom. And so I want to start out by reading that. And I'll be reading from Luke, from Luke chapter 4, from Luke chapter 4, verse 18 uh, through 22. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. And I, in the... In fact, I'll probably back up to 16. And you know, uh, in the old days, I would always repeat the Scripture several times so everybody could turn and make sure they get to their Bible. And here it is right on the screen. Isn't that great? So, so the backstory here is that Jesus is at the beginning of His ministry. He's at the beginning of His ministry. Uh, he's gone to be baptized. He's gone to be tempted in the wilderness. And now he comes to Nazareth. So if y'all will stand, I see some folks standing, and that's good to stand for the reading of the Word of God. Let's do that. So with that backstory, Jesus is coming to Nazareth. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. Be seated. These were some great words. Let's take a minute and go through them and think about what Jesus meant when He said them. Some of them are more obvious than others. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. You've heard the word Messiah, and it means the anointed one. He was anointed to bring these good news. That was the purpose of His life. From the moment He was born, Jesus had His eye on the cross. And everything in between was Him building the kingdom of God. And what were the things he talked about being anointed to do? To proclaim good news to the poor. Now, very often we want to say about the gospel that it is the message of redemption. And the message of redemption is central to the gospel. The fact that Jesus paid the price of our sin on the cross so that we could be with the family of God. That's, I talked a minute ago about our redemption ministry, redemption of babies. 
But when Jesus made this announcement at the beginning, this is Jesus' proclamation, His declaration of His ministry. So He's right at the beginning of His ministry here, and He's telling everyone what He's about to do. And for the next three years or so, He's going to be doing this. Good news to the poor. Some of you may have grown up poor, and some of you may have grown up wealthy. Uh, I grew up kind of in the middle, like a lot of people did. But I have lived many years among the poorest of the poor. Uh, People who don't even own the plastic and scrap lumber shack that they live in. And so I can tell you that good news to them starts out with, for example, a hot meal. Being able to take their baby home from the hospital with them. Things that we take completely for granted are great news for them. I was talking with, I'm excited that y'all want to send a ministry team. Uh, I was talking with another ministry team that wants to come and they were talking about things we could do and we came up with the idea, what if we just went to the camp and served everybody there a hot meal? I'm excited about that because that's going to be good news to those folks. That, that woman who's been working out in the field all day, uh, breaking her back, doing that agricultural work is going to get to come home and she won't have to cook. Her family will get a great meal and she won't have to lift a finger. That's going to be good news for her. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to the captives. That, that word liberty is a word that we're going to be all using tomorrow, aren't we? We're going to be talking tomorrow about liberty, but let's talk today about the liberty that we find in the gospel of Christ. Um, liberty to follow God with our own heart. Liberty to do the right thing. It doesn't mean liberty to sin. That's not what it means. It means liberty to do the right thing. Um, and, and, and liberty to the captives. What are people held captive in? People are held captive in lots of things. I know people who are held captive in poverty. I know people who are held captive in drug addiction and sickness. Uh, there, there are lots of ways that people are held captive and they're yearning to break free of that. Uh, what does liberty look like for them? It depends on what they're being held captive in. Recovering of sight to the blind. You know, people are blind in lots of ways. You know, not being able to see with your eyes is one way you're blind, but so many times we're blind at who we are and what we believe. People are really, all of us, including me, people are really terrible at self-assessment. We are, we are all really bad at understanding who we are and what we believe. And, and so when we talk about blindness, we need to start with our own blindness. We need to be willing to re-examine ourselves and the things that we believe, do they really align with the message of Jesus? Is the good news I'm bringing good or is it just news? To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppressed. We talked about captivity, but there's also oppression. Maybe a person feels free. They feel that they have that freedom, but they're not able to exercise it. Um, I'll give you another example later, a great example of oppression. I'm going to go history nerd on y'all about halfway through this. I'm warning you. Um, but, But people who are oppressed, someone else is removing their liberty. And the last thing, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this is the crowning statement. Sometimes we're not even sure what it means. But some of your translations may say the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was great news to the poor. It was great news to the oppressed. It was great news to the captives because all of them got set free. Every slave was free. Every debt was forgiven no matter who you owed it to. 
Everybody who had had to sell their family land to pay off the mortgage got their land back. It was a great reset button on oppression. It was a great reset button on captivity. Everybody got to go back to the starting line again. And that was the year of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee. If you're not familiar with the year of Jubilee, I would encourage you to go back into the Old Testament, dust off some of those pages and read about it because it's a great gospel concept. And then he said, as he was talking to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is Jesus saying to them, this is my declaration. My declaration of independence. My declaration of freedom. My declaration of the purpose of my kingdom. And so we see this great news that Jesus gives us. Now, it has to be good news. The news that Jesus gave was good. And the second thing is, you have to believe it. You yourself have to believe the good news that you're telling to people or you're not going to be able to effectively communicate it. We talked about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Most of the people who signed that document that said all men are created equal and are, 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 are <laughs> all men are created equal, all men have these rights uh, from their creator, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Most of those men own slaves. They were perfectly willing to proclaim those rights for themselves, but not for the people they were enslaving. And most of them enslaved people. So you look at that and you go, well, did you really believe it? Did you really believe what you said, or did you just conditionally kind of believe what you said? And in fact, I want to read with you from uh, 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We're ambassadors of Christ. This message that I just read to you, His declaration that He made, we're ambassadors of that declaration. We need to be bringing that wherever we go. That needs to be our banner that we carry, the banner of the cross. We need to believe all these things that Jesus said. If we don't believe them, we can't effectively communicate them. So I said something about the, the people who signed the Declaration of Independence. Most of them owned slaves. And in fact, a lot of Southern politicians, I, I told you I would go history geek on you. Okay, so here it is. They wrote in their speeches and documents that the Declaration of Independence was wrong. They said it flat out. They said exactly the Declaration of Independence is wrong. All men are not created equal. You can find that over and over again in the historical record. And in fact, a war was fought over this. Whether men were created equal or not. We, we had a civil war fought primarily over that thing. Jesus had a similar problem. Let's go back and read uh, the original text there. I want to keep going. Because after Jesus said that this scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing... It said, all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They thought the words were beautiful. Uh, the words all men are created equal are beautiful. The words that Jesus spoke of proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor are beautiful words. And they said, oh, what beautiful talk you have. But listen to what comes next. They said, isn't this Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless you'll quote me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. 
what we've heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown. And he said, truly I say to you, a prophet is, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months. Jesus is talking to them about how the disbelief of people had always stood in the way of the kingdom of God. When they had heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so they could throw him down the cliff. The good news was not received well once he started telling them what it was. Initially they thought, oh, what beautiful words those are. But then he started telling them what the words really meant, and they were going to throw him off a cliff. They did not accept it. They were not willing to believe what the words said. They were not willing to believe what the words said. Jesus had that same problem. And eventually he did find people to surround himself with. His apostles who believed what those words said. If we're going to be effective in the kingdom of God, we really have to accept the message that Jesus gave us about the day of the Lord's favor, the year of Jubilee, the message that he, that he proclaimed. And the third thing is that you have to put some feet on it. You have to put some feet on it. If we're going to share the message of the gospel, people have to be actually hear it. If they don't hear it, the Bible says, how are they going to respond to it? We need to carry it to them. So back to history nerd again. So a great event happened, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Y'all have probably all heard about it, where President Lincoln said that all of the slaves in the, in the rebel states were free. He was just taking one step. And after that, wherever the United States Army went, it freed people after that. But there was one place they didn't get to before the end of the war. So we're going to fast forward now to June 19, 1865. Uh, Robert E. Lee's army has already surrendered. Joseph E. Johnston, I told you I was a history geek. His army has already surrendered. Jefferson Davis has been captured and is in jail. The war is over, except in Texas. In Texas, people are still holding slaves captive. They're still enslaving people and working them on their plantations. They never told them they were free. The news of freedom never got to Texas. So there was actually a general, um, Gordon Granger, General Gordon Granger, went to Galveston, Texas with 6,000 troops. And he landed, and he stood on a big platform in front of the whole city, and he said... I'm reading you this declaration of emancipation and all the slaves are free. And people around town started rejoicing, the, the formerly enslaved people. It went to villages, it went to fields. The good news of their freedom spread because he went there and proclaimed it. I want you, and, and a lot of people don't know this, he took 6,000 troops with him. 4,000 of those troops were formerly enslaved black men who had enlisted in the United States Army and came there as United States soldiers to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're a woman working in a cotton field in Texas. Your, your feet are cracked from walking around in the hot soil all day. Your back is aching because you've been bent over. Your hands are scratched from picking all day. Your back still has the stings of the lash on it. Your children have been sold off. You don't know where they are. And your husband was sent to Missouri. You're living in the most misery a person could live in. And all of a sudden... News reaches you. <laughs> You've been enslaved since your birth, but now you're free. And you see these troops, these, these formerly enslaved men coming down the road. 
to the house. And they tell the, the, the enslaver that oh, everybody's free. You've got to let them go. And you can drop your sack and walk out of the field. And now you can decide what you want to do tomorrow. You've never been able to do that in your life. But you can decide what you want to do tomorrow. Wasn't that great news to her? That is some awesome news. Jesus brought a better declaration. One that's even higher than that. And that's what we need to carry to all of these places where people don't know they're free yet. Jesus proclaimed their freedom on this day that so many of them don't know it. They're being held captive by something. Uh, drug abuse. Uh, the shame of relationships that they've broken. People that they've hurt. Uh, they're, they're stuck in poverty. They're stuck in an abusive relationship. Whatever it is that they're, they're enslaved to, they don't know yet that they're free. But wouldn't it be wonderful for them to look up and see us bringing the cross and this awesome declaration that Jesus made of freedom from oppression, of freedom for the captive, of the glorious day of the Lord. Uh, wouldn't it be great if they did that? What does it look like for us to do that? Well, I, I go back to, uh, to celebrate recovery. I'm just so excited that y'all have got that ministry because I love it. Uh, at a level I, I reserve for a few ministries that much love because it really does go to people who are captive. It really does go to people who are oppressed. And it proclaims to them freedom. It's God's people carrying that cross and them looking up and seeing it going, I'm free. Just like that lady in Galveston, Texas, a hundred and however many years ago that was. I don't want to try to do too much math here, but 160 years ago. Uh, just like her in that moment, people are set free. What a glorious thing. What does it look like for us? Um, if you go to the last slide, there's a picture. And it's got some Arabic writing on it. This would be the very last. That's the one. So this actually is what we use to proclaim liberty to captives. So everywhere we do our trauma ministry and in all of our ministry centers, we have this banner put up. And Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to read that scripture because it's so powerful. I want to read that scripture, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And I know that by the magic of, of the overhead projector, y'all are already seeing it. <laughs> Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. But my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is such a powerful message for people who are being trapped, for people who are being oppressed for people who are in bondage. Uh, two of our leaders, two of our ministry leaders, former Muslims who've now been born again, baptized, are leading Bible studies now, uh, are, are, are outreaching Muslims with the gospel. Before they came to faith in Christ, they were talking about this verse one day at home. They were sitting at home talking about this very verse, and the wife said to the husband, is anybody more tired and heavily burdened than us? <laughs> it was this verse that reached them with the message of the gospel. It was this idea that Jesus will give you rest. We have such a great gospel to carry. We live in a world of people who are in bondage, who are in suffering, who are, are working under the weight of guilt and shame 
and, and anxiety and depression and, and, and drug addiction. There's so many things we could name. And we have an awesome banner. The cross of Christ. And we have a great declaration to carry to them so that they can look up and see that cross and know that they are free.